Um, I was in Russia, you know, Pastor Billy Joe and Sharon were called to go to Russia for 18 months to give a week out of their schedule and to go to St. Petersburg, Russia. And after that campaign was over, I, I was there in Russia where our family was living there and um, we were you know, serving the ministry, started the Bible school and pastoring the church there. And what I thought was I was only going to be there for, you know, a month or so ended up being three and a half years. I went on a short-term mission trip and didn't come home for three and a half years. So <laughs> who wants to go on a mission trip? Okay. <laughs> anyway, I was in Moscow with Igor Nikitin who had he was the one that set up all of our crusades for Pastor Billy Joe and Sharon. And, and I was in Moscow with him at this pastor's meeting and over 2,000 pastors in this meeting. And, you know, Igor had asked this question. He said, how many of you of the 2,000 pastors, now this is just pastors, senior pastors, how many of you are in ministry today and you're, you have a church because of the ministry of Billy Joe and Sharon. 95% of the people raised their hand. That was the impact that happened all across Russia. And the, this new life book, we printed millions of those that went all across Russia and Eastern Europe and all across the world. And it has helped start churches and, and minister to people and, and where people could step into their destiny and their calling. But these pastors said, I am in ministry today. I have a church today because of they came to Russia and changed our life. So powerful, such a powerful time. Well, before I get started here, I wanna bring your attention to the screen. We're doing a disaster relief summit. And some of you may want to take out your phones and take a picture of it, that if you're interested in becoming part of our Victory Disaster Relief Team, we'll be holding a summit at Camp Victory. There's no cost. But we're going to be training on chainsaws uh, use and tarping homes and, and cooking hot meals for families and prayer teams and distribution as we bring truckloads of supplies in. And so if you, would kind of, if you wanted to come and learn, and, and be a part of that and then deploy with us. Right now we have teams in Florida. We have teams in Mississippi. Um, you know, as, as disasters happen, we deploy teams, victory teams there. And so if you'd like to come and be a part of that, we wanna invite you there. In fact, I was in Noonan, Georgia uh, with our victory disaster team and our chainsaw team. And we're coming down the street, and I mean, literally, this whole area was destroyed by the tornado that had gone through there. Trees were down everywhere, and there was this huge tree across this house, and our chainsaw team is coming down the street and helping homes, and I stay ahead of them, and I'm knocking on doors and seeing if we can assist and help people. And as I knocked on this door with this huge tree across their, their house, this elderly couple came up and came to the door, and I said, would you like some help getting that tree removed off your house? And they said, well, what would it cost us? I said, well, it's not gonna cost you anything. 
What? She said, my neighbors across the street just paid over $10,000 to have three trees removed. And, and the cheapest bid we've gotten here for, to remove this tree is over 3000 And you don't understand, we, I've gone through cancer treatment and we're on fixed income. And I said, well, I have good news for you. God has sent us here at this moment and this time to bring help to your home and to your lives. And they begin to cry. And I just continue to minister to them as the purpose of what we do is to, is to not only help their physical life, but also their spiritual eternity. And, and I begin to speak into them and both of them standing right there in their doorstep received Jesus and turned their life over to God because they saw the tangible acts of compassion and kindness and their heart was open. And Pastor Billy Joe used to always say, he said, when you, you know, when you find people who are hurting and have gone through a devastating time, their heart will be open to the gospel. And so I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that is full of compassion. And the heart and passion here. And my wife and I, we, we were talking like, how long have we been at Victory? And uh, we even we were in it, even started with Pastors Billy Joe and Sharon before Victory started when it was Sheridan Christian Center over on Sheridan. And, and uh, we were counting up and this year is our 42nd year to be involved in the ministry here. And I can't tell you what my life would be like. I, I don't know because God specifically spoke to us that we were to plant ourselves here. And I learned early on, you know, it's God who selects your pastor. It's God who selects your church. And you don't dare leave unless you know God is directing you. And we know that God has people to, at churches for a season and then moves them on. And we understand that. But, you know, there, there are people sometimes that just leave because they get angry or they can't sit in a certain chair or can't park in a certain parking spot or there's too many people. It's too loud. It's too soft. It's, they, don't, you know, they don't appreciate my gift. And they, and they leave. And they kind of just bounce around. And, but see, I've, I've learned that when you're in the center of the will of God, there's always provision. There's always you know, God directing your steps. And when you're in the center of His will, you're in the safest, the most amazing place you could ever be. And so I, I just encourage you to hear from heaven because God has such a plan and such a future for each one of us. And so with that, I want to I read you this scripture. It's found in Luke chapter 10. And we're going to read from verse 25. As soon as I can find it here. It says, one day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to have eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say and how do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength and your mind 
and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you'll live. And the man wanted to justify his actions, and so he asked Jesus, well, then who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with this story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. And they stripped him of his clothes and beat him up and left him for half dead beside the road. And by chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over on the other side. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed over on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Say compassion. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. Then he put him on his own donkey and took him to the inn where he took care of him. And the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Then Jesus said, now which of these would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. What a powerful story of how we're to live our lives. Because of the day and age that we live in right now, as you know, people are really struggling. I mean, people are going through all kinds of issues and it's just a difficult time, you know, for so many people. And they're all around us. And I, and I just, I think, God, how can we help them? What can we do? And I remember I was at the grocery store with my son Daniel. And, and we were, you know, uh, checking out. And, and um, I was talking to a pastor that was having a real difficult time. And there was a young lady with two small little girls and, and you could tell they weren't very well off. And she, she was, you know, they were scanning and, and, then, and then loading her basket. And then she, she handed a credit card to her and, you know, and the cashier was scanning it. And, and I'm talking to this pastor and not really paying attention. And, and, and you know, and, and she's scanning. I see her scan multiple times. And, and then the cashier hands the card back, says, I'm sorry, this, this card isn't any good. And the woman just, you know, the woman just, I, I could see her countenance all change. And, and then they start taking things back out of their basket and putting it up on the counter. And, and, I, and I heard one of the little girls say, Mommy, Mommy, are we going to get to eat tonight? It's been so long since we've eaten. And I told this pastor, Pastor, I got to go. And I hung up. And the whole time, I, I, I felt this tug on my elbow. And it was my son, Daniel. And he was tugging on my arm. And I was like, you know, but anyway, when I hung up, I said to the cashier, stop, stop bringing stuff out of a basket. Put it all back in there. And then add the few things that I have in my basket here. And I said, I'm going to pay for it all. And the young lady said, oh, I, I can't pay you. I, I, I can't pay you anything. I said, ma'am, it's okay. I'm a member at Victory Church. We meet every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11. If you will come to a service, 
That'll be all the payment that I need. Because you will hear how God can change your situation and how he'll change your life. Will you come? She said, yes, yes, I'll come. The cashier said, I ain't never seen nothing like this. I mean, she was, she was just blown away by it as well. But what blessed me the most was when my son Daniel said, Dad, I was tugging on your arm because I was going to ask you, can I pay for our groceries? See, he was 16 years old. And your kids watch what you do. And they emulate the things that they see. And that blessed me more than helping the lady. That my son would recognize the need here and want to do something for her. You know, there's so many opportunities. I I just want to encourage you that when you're at the grocery store, you know, when you're at work, your neighbors and the people that are around you, you'd walk slowly through the crowd and be listening for people's needs. And then you can approach them and help them. See, God will empower you if you'll do that. You say, well, I, I need money myself. Well, let me, just, let me just tell you, when you seed into other people's lives, the same principle of seeding into the church works. And when you allow yourself to be generous, I, I remember a time when, when we had eaten at this restaurant and, um, uh, you know, we, our bill came and, and our, our waitress, um, you know, had just been amazing. And, and so, I, I, but I heard the Lord and he said, tip her $100. I never heard, I mean, it's like, get thee behind me, devil. <laughs> you know, but I heard it as clear as a bell, tip her $100. Our meal didn't even cost that. You know, God's just looking for your yes. If you'll just simply be obedient and do what he asks you to do. And so I tipped her $100. And we, left, we were walking out in the parking lot. And all of a sudden, she came running out of the restaurant. And she was, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I needed that so desperately. And I just was quickened. I said, well, I said, you know, she said she had come from another city. And I said, why did you come to Tulsa? And she said, I came to go to Bible school. But the Bible school I was trying to get into was full. I, c- I couldn't get in. And I said, well, if you don't go to that Bible school, would you be open to go to another? Oh, that's my dream. I know I'm called into full-time ministry. And so at that time, Ron McIntosh was directing the Bible school. I got him on the phone right then. I said, Ron, I have a student for you. Well, you know, it's already started. I said, Ron, I got a student for you. I said, we need to get her in. Oh, okay. I said, we'll, we'll take care of it. And I, then I wrote out and I said, here's where I gave her a card. And I said, here's where you report Monday morning. You're now enrolled at Victory College. And she began to weep. But I'm telling you, when I would come through the building, she, I mean, she would run and just give me a big hug when she would see me coming through the building or at church. She said, Victory College changed my life. 
You see, that's the potential that we have, that when, when we're just simply obedient to do what God asks us to do, and we allow God to live through us, we can be generous. If you'll just say yes, God will give you what you need to carry that out. You know, we have a, a large warehouse ministry called City Serve Oklahoma and 180 Disaster Relief. Well, we partner here with Victory. Victory is, is a vital part of what we do. And, but we help families and single moms with kids. And maybe a, a, you know, a lady being released out of prison and she's got small children, but she has to have her apartment furnished and, and you know, to get her kids back from DHS. And so you know, we, we help families in crisis and people going through difficult times. And God has just blessed us with all of these items and truckloads to be able to bless families. And, and so I want to show you a short video clip of, of what this church is a part of and, and what we get to do to serve our body here, our, our city, our state. We're actually furnishing four homes in Mississippi here coming up this next month that were, they lost everything. The lady was crying and as things, they were as we were mucking out her house and taking everything out, she was just weeping. She said, I have no way to recover. That was my sofa. That was my chair. Those are my cabinets. I have no way to buy anything. I'm going to be homeless. And I said, man, I got good news for you. I said, God has sent us here to help you. We're going to rebuild your home and we're going to furnish your house far greater than what you ever had. You see, it... it it changes people's lives when you step into that and you're a part of a church that that's what they do from the very beginning is they, they bless people. So go ahead and roll that video if you would. A few months ago, I was homeless with my kids. I was nine months pregnant. And um, you're like, God, I'm about to have a daughter. I don't have a place to live. Every house in this neighborhood had some kind of damage. Terrible. Rob, awesome. Just wiped us all out. We had five and a half feet of water inside our house. At 17, my mom sold me into sex trafficking. I lived in a very abusive home. There was many times that I could have died. Hi, we're Terry and Brenda Henshaw with City Serve Oklahoma, along with our amazing staff and volunteers. We get to serve families in crisis and people that are going through difficult times. A single mom going through a divorce or running from an abusive situation. People that have gone through fires, floods, and different things that people go through that really are traumatized a family. And we get the opportunity to provide beds and furniture and all kinds of goods that we work with national retailers to be able to bring hope and peace into families that perhaps have nothing or sleeping on the floor. We like to come in with an over and above gift form when we come. We bring toilet paper, we bring cleaning supplies, we bring dishwashing detergent, laundry detergent, we bring towels, sheets, comforters, pillows, blankets, toys for the kids. And so this is an opportunity together that we can change thousands and thousands of lives. It's been devastating, but yeah. to have somebody to care, you put a face to God. That's the only way you can describe it. Because these people see that God cared enough to send somebody here mm. to help them when no one else did. 
We would like to give you a side-by-side -side refrigerator, provide you a stove that matches it. If you want a dishwasher, we'll provide a dishwasher that matches it, and a microwave. We would like to bless you all with that. Thank you, God. Thank you. When the darkness seems to Remind your heart it has a flame And join the world to light and sing Together we are strong One by one we take our place To lift and love the Thank you, Victory. You know, Jesus said, go and do likewise when you see the needs. Angela, you saw, we saw all those bikes up there. Tell the story behind those. Yeah, we were um, going to a house that was being completely, um, it had been destroyed by the floods. Well, it was actually springs. the ones that I was saying, all those appliances. Right, yeah. When I had called Pastor Paul and, and said, you know, we've got a home that was totally destroyed. They have no way of recovering it. And he said, man, go buy what they need. Yeah. So grateful. So you were inside talking with the family about everything they were about to receive. And I was outside with their three boys. One of them, it was actually their birthday that day. And they were riding their bikes around the cul-de-sac. But the bikes were completely destroyed. They were filled with rust. The seats were completely destroyed. The pedals were off of it. They had just been destroyed by the flood. And so I quickly walked inside and I whispered, and I said, can we go buy them three bikes at Walmart? Because one of them, it's their birthday that day, and I just want to bless them. And if you know my dad, he can't do anything small. So it, from the three bikes turned into 300 bikes that we were able to bless from Victory and several other partners that sewed into it to all the kids in that neighborhood to bless them because we knew those kids would all have destroyed bikes. Yeah, so I was just talking with my dad right before service. I was gonna share one story and I felt like God was telling me to share another story. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I got a call, um, Lester and I got a call from a friend of ours, a lieutenant in the police department, uh, and he had sent us a text message on a Saturday saying, hey, can you guys call me right now? There's an urgent family need and it's something that I think you guys need to help with. And I remember groaning, thinking, it's Saturday, it's my day off. I really don't want to do anything. It's been a long week of outreaches, and I just wanted to take the day and not do anything. And I heard God tell me, be available right now because I'm never too tired for you. And I immediately put my head down, and I looked at Lester, and I said, okay, let's call. Let's find out what the need is. And so through a supervisor of this uh, single mom, we had found out she had been uh, physically abused. She was a nurse at a hospital and she had shown up to work uh, the day before with her face completely bruised. And the supervisor stopped her and said, hey, what's going on? How can I help you? 
And through the story, found out the husband had been beating her and the children. She was trying to leave him, but didn't know how. She was actually going to turn in her resignation that day because she didn't know how she could continue doing what she was doing. And she was just going to flee and run somewhere with her two kids. And the supervisor reached out to a lieutenant in the police department to provide her with protection while they removed her out of the home. And they were able, through the foundation of the hospital, get her into a new apartment, but they were sleeping on the floor. So this lieutenant reached out to us and said, is there any way you guys could help him with beds? Or really, all she's asking for is a recliner, because that's what she's been sleeping in for the past three years. She'd been sleeping in that recliner because the husband would beat her when she came home and then steal all the money from her to buy drugs and alcohol. So they had been starving. The kids had had no food for quite a while. And so she was really just wanting a recliner. And I said, we can do better than that. And I was so grateful that God stopped me in my tracks from not taking that call. But then I think about all the other people it took in her story to help her. That supervisor that immediately recognized the need. The lieutenant that reached out to us to connect us and then provided her protection as they moved her into a completely different town so the husband couldn't find her. And then through this warehouse and through the church here, being able to provide her with furniture, we were able to get her beds and couches and living room furniture and bikes for the kids because they were having to ride a bike to their new school. And I just think that God uses each of us, even in our moment of tiredness or exhaustion, if we would just be available to what he's calling each of us to do, and that's compassion, reaching out to those around us. Angela, that's so good. You know, um, you know I think about the story of, um, that I just read you, where the religious leader crossed the street, the man was, had been beaten. Then another person, part of the church, you know, had crossed over. You know, when Angela just said, all the dots that connected to help this family, they could have been involved in that. See, had they just sent, said yes. And many times you don't even have to know, you don't have to have the resources. When we started CityServe, we didn't have the resources to do that. All we did was say yes. And then God connects all the dots. And that was a word that I have for you, that many of you, God is speaking some things to you that you're to do, that you know of people who are going through difficult times. And so we have a, a short video or film here I want to show you real quick that uh, shows how much God has compassion and, and how he can turn even the darkest situations around for your good. Now, this is an older film. But the message is still so relevant today that it just, every time I see it, it so grips my heart. And so we want to show that to you now, and then I'll be back to close. And so just open your heart as you watch this. And then because I believe God's going to speak to many of you, what your part will be. Whenever Jesus wanted to get to the heart of an issue, he told a parable, a story that people would never forget. When I was a kid, something happened to me that I'll never forget. It changed my life forever.
just joining us, top of the morning. Hope you slept well last night. A very refreshing rain shower. We'll have a high of 83 under sunny skies today. And if the weather keeps on like this, we'll see bumper crops. Opening grain prices at the Chicago Board of Trade. Spring wheat, 4.23 a bushel. Oats at $1.75. Barley and corn unchanged. Holding steady. I'll be back in a minute with today's... Growing up on a farm was a great experience. My dad, mom, and brothers, we did everything together. You know, we'd work hard in our fields all day. Then mom would fix us one of her big dinners. Lord, we thank you for these blessings and for this food that you have provided. Amen. Amen. Let's dig in. Jerry, pass the mashed potatoes. Hey, we were able to go out and look at the wheat fields. Today. Dinner was the best time for our family. David would talk nonstop about being a cowboy. And Charlie over there, he was always making us laugh. Dinner was certainly my brother Bobby's favorite time of the day. I'm Jerry, the oldest. I kind of had to watch out for these little guys. Mom and Dad sure had their hands full, and they used every opportunity to teach us something new about the farm and hard work, but mostly about love and respect. I guess you could say we were a pretty close family. Our farm was big, with wheat fields stretching as far as my eyes could see. Dad worked hard planting those fields, and by the end of the summer, the wheat would be ripe and the harvest would be ready to bring in. He'd say to us, boys, when the harvest is ready, we have to be ready, or we could lose the whole crop. I knew how important the harvest was, and I never doubted for a minute we'd be ready. But it wasn't harvest time yet. And on the farm, we had a lot of other work to keep us busy, like saddling up and moving our cattle to the south pasture. <laughs> Riding with Dad and Uncle John was always an adventure. And even when things were a little more than I could handle, Dad still believed in me. And somehow it always worked out. Once the job was done, before heading home, we talked, just as men, about hard work, good friends, and of course, the harvest. I never left that pasture without learning something important from my dad. And I never left without bringing home something special for mom. While we waited for our wheat to ripen, Charlie and I would help dad haul hay. The two of us would work as hard as we could to see how many bales of hay we could bring in. You see, the more we brought in, the more we could brag to our friends when we went to town on Saturday. I remember that day because it was really hot, hotter than usual, even for July. And though my dad never complained, I could tell he was having one of those headaches. Sure thing, Dad. But we finished bringing in the hay and went straight to work on the combine so it would be ready for the harvest. It always amazed me how much work Dad could do. Boys, I and I worked right along beside him. Like he did so often, Dad took us for a walk through the fields that night. The setting sun made everything warm and golden. Dad used to tell Bobby that God painted it that way just for us. We talked about the day we had together. We talked about the harvest. 
It wouldn't be long now. Dad said it was going to be a great harvest. It had been a long day, and I slept hard that night. So hard I didn't hear what was happening in our house. The next morning, I woke to voices, familiar voices, but they seemed out of place so early in the day. Why were they here? I wondered what was happening. I heard mom and grandma talking in whispered voices. Then mom called us all together. Jerry, Charlie, Davy, I need to talk to you. Something has happened to your father. I looked into her eyes and knew it was bad. Last night, he became very ill. We tried to help him. But there was nothing we could do. Your daddy died. Your daddy's in heaven. My dad was gone. In an instant, our lives were changed forever. His headaches. We thought it was just the heat. Time seemed to stand still. It hurt so much, and it felt like it would never go away. Lord, you know what a terribly hard time it is for us right now. But we thank you so much for being here for us. Mom did her best to keep going. Mealtime was the hardest, though. We prayed for strength. We needed each other now more than ever. We missed him so much. The next few days were busy ones. Uncle John was the first one there to lend a hand. We all pulled together to help things along. Even our friend Amy would come by and help us with our chores. We'd walk through the fields talking and trying to make sense of it all. I remember your dad saying... That it was Amy who reminded me that when my dad needed help, maybe he would pray. And she thought that maybe we should too. We did pray and we talked about the good times and tried to look ahead. But ahead, all I saw were problems. I was worried about the harvest. It was coming soon, and like Dad said, if we weren't ready, we'd lose the whole crop. I couldn't let that happen. I didn't want to lose the harvest. I didn't want to let Dad down. Being the oldest, I felt such a responsibility. For the first time in my life, I was really afraid. 
I prayed that God would send someone to help. I thought that things would get better, but they only seemed to get worse. The weather got hotter and hotter, and the wheat was ripening sooner than anyone expected. My worst fears were coming true. With Dad gone, there was no one to work in the fields. It was hard, but Mom, all of us, we kept praying. It was early morning, and Charlie and I were at the barn feeding our horses. I used to love this time of the day, but now it was just a reminder that we were one day closer to losing our wheat. It was usually pretty quiet around our farm, but this morning there was a sound, faint and off in the distance at first, a kind of roar that was getting stronger and louder. hardly believe my eyes. One after another, big, huge combines. It seemed like the whole world was coming to our farm. They started in the big field, the one to the north. They're real sweeping the wheat into the combines. Side by side, they moved from field to field. them unload the golden wheat. I thought about dad and my prayers and I understood. I wasn't alone. All these people, they had work of their own to do, but they left their fields to come and help us. Together they did what no one could have done alone. And one day they brought in the whole harvest. harvest was finished. The wheat was saved. The fields were clean. Afterward, all the families gathered in the field north of the farm for the biggest harvest meal I had ever seen. I was amazed at how many people had come to help. It was a time to celebrate.
part in helping with the harvest. Why, there was Dad's best friend, Mr. Hanson, and Amy's brother, Tom. Mom couldn't believe that Aunt Sally and Mrs. Johnson were getting along so well. And there was Harry Bender and Mr. Sanders. Well, it wasn't that they didn't get along, it's just that they never did much together. Yeah, I knew I was part of something special here. But I guess the harvest is something that can bring people together. said this whole day reminded him of the story in the Bible when a lot of people were hungry to know God, but there weren't enough workers to tell them. Jesus said, when the harvest is ready, pray and ask God to send people who will help. Well, that's what we did with our harvest, and it's a day I'll never forget. Helping with the harvest changed all of us in one way or another. It was time to come together. It was harvest time. I still come back to the farm and walk in the fields, just like I did when I was a kid. These fields were my whole world. And the things God taught me that summer when I saw everyone come together to harvest our wheat have stayed with me all my life. Now I see the lesson of the harvest. There is another field. It's God's field. Filled with people who are ready to respond to Him. And just as my family prayed for someone to come and help us bring in the harvest, people all around the world are praying that someone would help them bring in the harvest in their land, in their city, on their campus. Everywhere I look, I see people who are lost without the love and message of Jesus Christ. And the urgency that we felt on our farm is the same urgency that exists today. That's what victory is. It's a massive combine for the harvest that God is preparing and people are praying, Lord, send us people. If you're here and you're, you really sense that God wants you to be involved in the harvest at a much greater level, I want you just to slip your hand and say, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm supposed to do more. Just slip your hand up. Yeah, you want to be involved in the harvest at a greater level, that you would be honest and open to say, let me see it. Just raise your hands all over this place. If you got your hand lifted up, I want you to just to stand for me. Just to stand, because I'm going to pray for you. Because I believe that God wants to move through His people for this end time move. And He's going to move through people who have a willing heart and who are willing to say, yes, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say it. Whatever you want me to give, I'll give. See, that's who God's looking for. He's just looking for your yes. In fact, I, I just feel there's an anointing and presence of God here. If you're standing, I want you to come and stand right here. Just come very quickly. We're only going to keep you just for a moment. But I want to pray a special anointed prayer over your life that you know you're supposed to be part of this end time harvest. 
at a much greater level than what you are. I believe God is moving across people's hearts. And we're about to see the greatest harvest in the history of the world. Pastor Billy Joe, I've, he wrote this February 15th, 1983. And he said, prepare yourself. This is a word that the Lord gave him, probably sitting at his desk. It's on his stationery. And he said, prepare yourself to be a worker in the vineyard for a great harvest is at hand. And that's what motivated him every day. It's what motivated, motivates Pastor Paul and, and Ashley. That's why Pastor Paul is in, in Bulgaria right now. That they're moving and living through this end time harvest, knowing that the time is short. But yet what God wants to do through each and every one of us, if we'll just simply obey. You see, you're going to come across people every day. See, you are the combine. You are the church. It's not a building. Praise God for the building that we can gather in. But you are the church of Jesus Christ. And you're going to come across people every day that need hope, that need healing, that need a word, that need a smile, that need love, that need physical help. And you have it on the inside of you. And I want to encourage you that you look intentionally for those. Just as Jesus walks slowly through the crowd and the woman, you know, and, and Jesus all of a sudden stops and says, who touched me? And the disciples said, Lord, there's people all around you. What do you mean? Who touched you? He said, no, somebody touched me with their faith. And he stopped. And there, this woman says, Lord, it was I. And Jesus looks down and lays his hand upon her and said, woman, your faith has made you whole. You see, he wasn't just so busy running through the crowd, but he walked slowly, sensing what the Spirit of God was wanting to do through him. And that's what he wants to do through each and every one of you. If you're willing to say yes, and you will allow God to live through you every day. You can walk in miracles every day. Because you're going to be surrounded with people that need help. You want to live a full life? You want to live the God life? I mean, I, I, there's a lot of believers that live a good life, okay? But God wants you to live the God life. And that's where you're sensitive to His Spirit. As you walk around every day, that you're blessing people. That you're speaking into them. God will give you words. Well, wait a minute. I've never been to Bible school. I don't, I don't know how to do all God will empower you if you'll just simply be obedient and do what he asks you to do. Pastor Ashley, would you come? We're going to pray because God has anointed this place, this house, to be a lighthouse not only to our city, not only to our state, not only to the United States, but countries around the world. That's why we have over 80 countries represented in our services every week. That people have come from around the world because they sense the presence of God here. See, you are part of something very special and what God wants to do. And so let's pray. I want you to lift your hands. Just a moment before we pray because I just sense there may be some of you here that don't know Jesus. That 
You could be part of the combine right now. Be harvested. That you sense the presence of God tucking your heart and you just know right now your life's not right. But see, this is the moment, this is the time that you can commit your life to Jesus just like all these others. And you simply pray, we're gonna pray together and you speak this out of your mouth and if you'll believe it in your heart, Jesus will come on the inside of you. Let's pray, say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I give up my life and I ask you to forgive me of all the wrong things I've done. Jesus, show me what your will is. I want to live the life I was born to live. And God, I want you to control me as I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray for you. Lift your hands. Because His presence is here. His anointing's here. There are some specific things he's going to speak to you right here at this altar. That's why I asked you to come down. Because the Lord said there are going to be people that will come down here. And I'm going to instill in them my plan, my purpose. I'm going to rekindle some things that, that you, you may be thinking, oh, I missed it. I'm too old now. It'll never happen. God said, no, it will happen. You see that the lyrics from the, that new song that they sang. It said, I don't need to see it to believe it. If you said it, it will be. And there are things I believe for many of you, God has spoken some things to you. And it's been hard for you to believe because maybe, maybe you don't have the education, you don't have the money, you don't have, you know, whatever. And you've not stepped out and moved into what he's spoken to your heart because you can't believe. But the Bible says, if you can believe, all things are possible to you who can believe. So therefore, we have to increase our ability to believe. If you can believe it, God will move heaven and earth on your behalf. And he will connect the dots and he will surround you with the people, the resources, the education, everything you need, the money to fulfill what he's put in your heart. If you will allow his spirit to flow through you and you'll not give up. Father, we pray right now for all these people and for those watching online right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that they'll fulfill the plan and purpose of God and be a part of this end time harvest. That God, you want it more than anyone. That is your desire. And so Lord, we wanna become obedient to you. We wanna live the life according to your plan and purpose and not ours. We lay down our life. And God, we wanna pick up yours. So I'll go where you want me to go. Say that out of your mouth. I, I'll go where I, wherever you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll give what you want me to give. And I will serve you, Jesus, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Pastor Ash. Jesus, thank you, God. What a powerful word. In our last few moments together, I just want to um, embrace this silence right now. If we can close our eyes and bow our heads, and if we can just take a few moments with the Holy Spirit for Him to confirm what He has spoken to us this morning in such a personal way.
Holy Spirit, I thank you for speaking directly to each one of us. You are so incredibly intentional on the way that you direct our lives and direct our steps. I thank you, Father God, that we hear from you this morning and that we we honor your word that was spoken today through Terry Henshaw and as well as just through the people around us, through the lyrics of the worship songs, God, through the lobby, the parking lot. God, the people we're sitting next to, God, and even in this moment, as you have been speaking to us, I thank you, Father God, that we have the courage um, to believe that we have heard from you and then to act on what you have spoken to us to do. You know, the Great Commission is for every single one of us in this room. And it is so easy, especially in a place like Victory, who's resourced and has systems and processes of assimilation to gather people, to serve and to go out. And man, what an incredible opportunity that we have at Victory to be able to be such a big uh, combine and again, have the planning and the strategies in place to mobilize people. That's, it's incredible. But it's so easy to be a part of something so big and delegate our own personal response to the gospel. Victory in a, in a church, an organized church at large is, is a resource. And as a church, we have our own responsibility to respond and conviction to the gospel. But every single one of us has our own personal response that we need to respond to. And as we hear these messages, sometimes we can get overwhelmed of where do I start? And Terry did such a great job giving prime examples of how to take something that can feel so big and, 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 and bigger beyond ourselves, which it should feel bigger than beyond us. Because that revelation invites us to invite the Holy Spirit. If we're going to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, we got to ask someone to help us that can lead us to places and equip us to do things beyond ourselves. But where do we start? And sometimes that is a big shift and that is a big change in our life personally. But honestly, a lot of times, it's just being a lot more intentional about the pace that we live our life and the perspective in which we live our life. We can't quit our families the moms in this room who are at home, you can't be like, peace out, I'm gonna go change the world when your world is right in front of you. The hospitals, from the hospitals to the homes, to the classrooms, to the coaching on the fields, whatever sphere of influence you are in or whatever restaurant you go to, let this message see the way that you uh, change the perspective that you see the waitresses and, and the waiters or the cashier at Walmart or the person next to you or your neighbors that are next to you on your street. I don't know what sphere of influence you are or where your steps will take you after this. But let's keep the fire lit by personalizing our response to the gospel. And as a church, like I said, we, we have great next steps for, uh, for you in this room. You know, 
Pastor Terry talked about, and we've talked about helping people locally and globally, but Victory, we are just as passionate about helping our own church. And I want to let you know, because maybe you don't know, if you're here, you came today and you say, you know what, I'm just in need of groceries. I'm in need of some food to put around the table. Every single service, every single day, our doors are open to helping you. If you came here with that need, right out right after service, out this door to my right, your left, in the escalator lobby, there's a world map. And if you can meet there, we'd love to help give you groceries. If you're here today and you're just ready to run, you're like, I gotta help someone. Man, run out those doors and help us pass out groceries. And we run out of groceries, we have more opportunities for you to help other people and be a part of really preaching the gospel with your life here locally and globally. If you're here and you're like, man, I need groceries, but I need more. I need help financially. I'm really navigating something difficult in my marriage, in my family, whatever that might be. Um, We have a process. uh, Part of our tithes and offerings that uh, come in goes directly to Benevolence Ministries, helping people right here in this church. You can go to victory.com slash help. If you're like, how do I, I can't remember all this, take a picture of that and then walk you through a process of how we can help you further along in your journey. And those of you who are in this room, beyond just doing what you need to do outside of these doors on a personal basis. A few next steps for you. Of course, we have our growth track right after service. We can share with you the different opportunities and ways you can get involved. But also, if you want to email, reach at victory.com. And if you say, you know what, I want to help out with foster uh, foster care uh, and how I can be a part of that. I want to help out with our West Campus, our North Campus. I want to help be a part of the disaster relief team. I want to help be a part of passing out groceries on a normal basis. I want to help be a part of rebuilding uh, Camp Victory and be a part of the cleanup crew or whatever that might be on a weekly basis, a monthly basis. If you want to email us at reach at victory.com, we want to help you know the different opportunities that we are already have in motion here at Victory.